Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. And it is the Fan Early Morning Show here on Sports Talk 93.7. The Fan, Sean Myers, taking you for the next 40 or so minutes, getting you ready for the morning show here. And I have a very special guest joining me, a longtime colleague of mine who has uh, decided to very kindly stop in, the one and only Greg Finley, to talk some NBA and, Greg, uh, you and I go way, way back, uh, probably, what, about seven or eight years doing some play-by-play together. And I know when it comes to NBA, you're the guy I want to have on. So I was very fortunate that you uh, last second agreed to come over and talk some NBA playoffs with me. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Well, you deserve some airtime. You are a guy who loves the NBA. And I know when you're working overnight here, you try to get your eye on those games. And last night, it was a really good game. And what's been a really good series so far between the Lakers and the Denver Nuggets. And Denver now up two games to none. They sweep the first two in Denver, winning 108-103 last night in a come-from-behind effort. So far, I think this series has lived up to the billing. It is one versus seven in terms of the seeding, but probably the two hottest teams in the Western Conference over the last month or so. What was your reaction when you saw that these teams were matched up? Who did you think had the the advantage going into this series? Oh, I got to give the advantage to Denver just because, you know, they're the one seed. They've handled their business. Uh, Jokic is an absolute beast. Nobody's been able to stop him. He should have won the MVP if it weren't for Embiid having a little bit of a better season than him, but it was 1A and 1B with those two. But, uh, you know, you look at these first two games – in game two, the Lakers had a pretty sizable lead in the second quarter, and Denver comes storming back, and they're only down three going into the fourth. And Jokic just continued to do his thing. Jamal Murray had 37 points. I mean, they're just an all-around team, and it's not just one guy. They are balanced. The Lakers, if LeBron and AD don't do their thing, they will crash and burn. And Anthony Davis goes 4-15 last night from the floor because Jokic just handled him. And you talked about the superstars, and realistically, the NBA, more than any other sport, even more than the NFL, comes down to the superstars having to perform in playoff games for your team to make a deep run. Well, you talked about Jokic not winning the MVP this season after he won it twice previously. It seems as though he's almost been motivated by that because he's been even better in the playoffs and what he did the first three quarters of game one, I thought was about as good as any three quarters I have seen this season. But the scary thing is Denver has won these two games, both at home, without Jokic really doing much in the fourth quarter. And that kind of speaks to the fact that they're not just a one-man show. Right, yeah. There was the Jamal Murray show, 
and it was also the Michael Porter show. Michael Porter was hitting some big shots in the fourth quarter. Lakers couldn't stop him. But again, Jokic, 23 points, 17 rebounds, 12 assists. Another triple-double for this guy. And he had 10 rebounds in the first quarter alone in Game 1. And again, he shut down Anthony Davis completely. You put Anthony Davis at a 4-15 clip like Jokic did in this game, and you make guys like D'Angelo Russell have to make plays where he goes 3-8 of eight from the floor. LeBron looked winded. He had 22 points. But again, the the Denver Nuggets are just so well balanced. I'm watching that game. It was 20 to 5 Denver in the first 6 minutes of the fourth quarter after the Lakers had a sizable lead. Like you know, Denver can just boom and just take off. And that's exactly what they did. They're like, "Okay, we're losing right now. Sizable lead. Let Jamal Murray do his thing. Let Jokic do his thing." They never panic, and they're so good at home. So, I think Denver's going to take care of business here in this series. And you feel like if Denver gets even a split in L.A. and goes up three games to one, they are going to be in a great position to close this out. So now, obviously, the pressure turns to the Lakers, and they had gotten road wins early in their first two series. Not the case here, so they're going to have to make up some ground over the next couple games in L.A. But you mentioned LeBron looking fatigued. First off, let's be honest. Anyone playing in Denver, it is a little bit of an adjustment playing in altitude, so it's going to affect everyone. But I think, honestly, if you've watched LeBron James throughout his 20 years, even though he put up a decent stat line last night, I think you saw something that has been very rare where he looked gassed and was just settling for for his standards, really bad shots in the fourth. What did you think of how he finished the game? Yeah, it, it was not a LeBron-esque type fourth quarter where, I mean, I was, I was surprised, Sean, that they even made it as close as they did. Because Denver went up by 12 in the fourth quarter. I was like, that's it. It's over. You got to give credit. The Lakers made it interesting. They only lose by five, but it was not the LeBron James show, and they need they need him. Whatever he does and whatever Anthony Davis does, if they don't put up numbers, they're not going to win. If they do put up numbers, they have a better chance to win. Last night, they didn't get that. They need at least 25 to 30 points from both of those guys. They got 22 from LeBron, and they got 18 from Anthony Davis. And, or yeah, 18 points on – it was because he went to the free throw line and went 9 of 11 from the charity stripe – only made four field goals, though. LeBron's numbers, again, not bad. Nine of 19 shooting, nearly had a triple-double. It was one rebound away from it. But I mentioned you looked tired late. Something else that you have almost never seen throughout his entire career, he fumbled away a wide-open dunk, and he also missed a point-blank uncontested layup. So just seemed like it wasn't his night. And I don't want to get too big picture here, but do you think this is maybe the, the the first time that we have seen him looking his age of 38 years old in his career? Either that or the altitude really kicked in in Denver. Did you see Magic Johnson's tweet about nothing more entertaining than Magic Johnson tweets? But I did not see yeah, it. Yeah, he was ripping his own. He was ripping the Lakers. He was like, "I've never seen LeBron miss a layup point blank like he did, and a dunk." He said, "And Anthony Davis didn't look great either." Like, <laughs> yeah. Magic wasn't having it, and I don't blame him because this was a game the Lakers probably should have won. The way that they were playing in that first half, I get it. Halftime adjustments, Denver made them, but you know the Lakers at first, they looked like they might have been able to steal one and crashed and burned in the second half because of how good this Denver team is. And there's probably a lot of people in this area who don't 
closely follow the NBA during the regular season, maybe tune in during the playoffs. And I think that's the case with a lot of sports. You'll see that uh, in the NHL, at least in terms of teams outside of the Penguins. I think one of the most fascinating and interesting aspects of the NBA playoffs, and we've seen it in this series, we've seen it in just about every series, is when two really good teams match, every single game you will see significant coaching adjustments in terms of the strategy. And we have seen that, and you mentioned even within the game, Mike Malone making some changes. The Lakers found great success with what was very, I guess, unorthodox, going away from Anthony Davis covering Jokic in game one. They put Rui Hachimura on him. I think that's what makes these series so interesting and so fascinating to watch is how drastically different a team will approach the game from one game to the next or even one quarter to the next. No, the first thing I think of is the Lonnie Walker game against the Warriors. I mean, that guy straight up stole them that game by having the fourth quarter that he did, and they end up winning the series because they took care of business at home. They didn't have to go back to Chase Center because they stole that game in game two uh, at Chase Center. So, yeah, coaching adjustments is huge. That You've seen lineup changes happen throughout the playoffs, and, you know, you just got to – it's a game-by-game game thing, and adjustments are so crucial in the second half. I mean, Den- Denver did everything right in the second half yesterday. One of the crazy aspects of the NBA playoffs right now, and it applies to the NHL as well with the Florida Panthers and their heroics, is – that you have these teams that were, you know, just basically on the cusp of getting into the playoffs, like the Lakers and then the Heat, and Miami looked absolutely miserable heading into the the postseason. And now they have an opportunity to go to the championship. It's weird that you're looking at the Lakers as sort of being disappointing so far in this series, knowing that they're the number seven seed going against the number one. But that kind of speaks to the depth top to bottom for the teams in the NBA. You have some really bad teams who are trying to lose games for obvious reasons in terms of trying to get that number one overall pick that ultimately went to San Antonio. But about 20-plus teams, I think you look at them and you say, if they get hot, they can make a run. And we've seen two of them do that so far here now in the conference finals. Well, it helps for Miami to have a guy like Jimmy Butler. He has been incredible this entire postseason. And what he did in game one made Jason Tatum look uncomfortable, and he just flat out took over a basketball game, put up 35 points, and won the the game for Miami. I mean, what he has done this entire postseason has been incredible, and that's why an eight seed like the Heat can make a run because of one guy like Jimmy Butler. They lose Tyler Hero. like They lose a big shooter in him, but it doesn't really seem to matter right now. Boston looked like the best team on paper, Miami just went through Milwaukee, and they already stole one against Boston in game one. So, yeah, the playoffs have been insane, to say the least. When people always talk about ranking players, who's the best in the league, I think it's so difficult because there's guys that I kind of think of it, you have to rank guys in tiers as opposed to this is the number two and this is the number three player, something like that. But with Butler, honestly, I don't even think he was in the top tier in most people's eyes is this postseason run changing it? I know he did that a few years ago in getting him to the championship in the bubble, but it seems like even more people now are paying attention that he might be right up there with a guy like Jason Tatum, who was certainly an MVP contender this year. I think he's proving that you can take it to a whole new level when you get to the playoffs. Regular season Jimmy Butler compared to playoff Jimmy Butler is a completely different player. It's Hemi Butler in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. It's incredible what this guy is doing. And 
for a team like Miami, they keep playing teams and they keep getting doubted. The Celtics were minus 400 on betting odds to win this series. Miami's like, all right, you've doubted us the first two series. We'll just handle our business again in this one. And they steal game one in Boston. So, yeah, it, Jimmy Butler definitely has people looking at him now. Along the same lines, I've talked to a few friends who are NBA fans, and I, I think the consensus is everyone knows that Jokic puts up incredible numbers. Statistically, you could say he might have had the best season and the best three-year run over the last three years of anyone in the NBA, but no one's really gone the next step and said he is actually the best player in the NBA. I thought it's been Giannis the last few years. Is this postseason run now making him the best player in the NBA? Uh, I'm going to say yes. Uh, Giannis, great player, not a great shooter. And the Bucks get bounced in the first round by Miami the way they did. You know, that that's that leaves a, a bad taste in people's mouths. Embiid did not go out gracefully either. No, Embiid didn't go out gracefully. And that's why people keep bringing up the fact that, wait a minute, this guy won the MVP over Jokic, but... MVP is a regular season thing. It's not a postseason thing. So, you know, Embiid and Jokic, again, 1A, 1B. I don't think you can argue either way. If if it would have went to Jokic, I don't think people would have been like, oh, he didn't deserve it. Both of those guys probably deserved it, and it went to Embiid. But to answer your question, I'd say yes. And if they win the NBA Finals, it gets even higher up now on people's lists. Yeah, I thought when the Buccan or the, no, not the Buccaneers, wrong sport. When the Bucks won the NBA title, I thought that sort of solidified Giannis as you can now say he legitimately might be the number one guy. And every year LeBron was putting up numbers, but it, winning that championship really without a second true superstar, I thought kind of proved that. You can make the argument if Denver wins it that Jamal Murray is that second superstar, but no doubt Jokic. I think this postseason has elevated his game. Even higher. And so final question for you before we put a bow on this NBA talk. Who is your championship pick at this point? Uh, I have Denver over Boston because I th- I think Miami's run will come to a close. You can't overreact to one game. But, man, Miami, they just keep shocking everybody. But I got Denver over Boston in seven. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Pretty confident in that? Yeah, I'd say I'm pretty confident in it. Would would that be Denver as the home team in that series then? Could, I think they had the better record, right? Yeah, they're the, they're the one seed. Yep. That would be uh, certainly great uh, theater. Now, I know Denver's not a big-time market and maybe not the household name. that uh, Celtics-Lakers, I think that would catch the, the casual fans. But to kind of elevate a new team and a new player in Denver and Jokic to that big stage playing for a championship, I think the NBA would be pretty happy with that as well. Greg, thank you so much for doing this. I know uh, you're ready to get out of here and probably go home and take a nap, but it was glad to get you in here and talk NBA for about 15 minutes or so. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks, man. 
absolutely. That is the one and only Greg Finley talking NBA here on the Fan Early Morning Show. Take a break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about a local baseball team that is having a very, very special season. Also want to touch on the Steelers quarterback moves and the value potentially of not only a backup but a third-string quarterback in today's NFL. That's upcoming as we continue here on the Fan Early Morning Show. The Wake Up Show is presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber. Apply at 84lumber.com. Sean Myers right here on 93.7 The Fan. Sean Myers here on the Fan Early Morning Show on 93.7 The Fan, taking you for Another 15 to 20 minutes before we get you ready for Doran Dickerson and Jeff Hathorne in today for Adam Crowley, who is out of town and out of state. And appreciate Greg Finley stopping by, a guy who works late night here, overnight, just about set to get home. And I pulled him in here and said, hey, let's talk some NBA. I know he is a big, big fan. He is always watching NBA games whether I get in here early in the morning or I'm here late at night, he's always got the TV on paying attention to professional basketball and has great insight. That's a guy that I think should have an opportunity to talk more often about basketball or sports in general because he's been very informative and insightful in all of his opinions. So I appreciate Greg Finley, who deserves a nice little nap here as he makes his way home. But now I want to transition to the NFL and the news This week about the Pittsburgh Steelers has really been focused on the quarterback position. Obviously, they know who their starter is. It's Kenny Pickett, barring any injury, which is something that could be potentially notable that he did miss some time with injury last year. And so first this week, the Steelers brought back Mason Rudolph on a one-year deal to likely be the number three quarterback. And so immediately after that news broke, there was some talk. What does this mean that they could potentially shop Mitch Trubisky? Are they potentially giving themselves a a backup plan if an NFL team elsewhere has an injury and they need to make a move and try to bring in a guy like Trubisky to replace a starting quarterback who might be out for an extended period of time? And I I think the move yesterday, the reported two-year extension for Trubisky that now locks him up in all likelihood for three years going forward, that probably takes that out of the equation. I I don't think you're going to extend a guy and then trade him shortly thereafter. But let's talk about what the significance, not only of a backup quarterback, but a third string quarterback is in today's NFL. Cause I think it's an ever evolving position of importance in the game. And you think back to 10, 15, 20 years ago, I don't know that a third string quarterback was all that important. Obviously you still needed quarterback play to be at a high level to have success. I think that's always been the case in the NFL, but it has continued to take on more and more importance each and every year as the passing game expands. And so now what I think we have seen in recent years is teams need to protect themselves. Even if they have a star quarterback, if that player goes out for a short period of time, you want someone who can step in capably and kind of fill the void, at least in a short spurt for a month or so time, There's very few teams in the NFL that can lose their starting quarterback for a large portion of the season, talking multiple months or even the entire season, and still really be able to contend. Even the very best teams with their depth at other positions, you lose your starting quarterback, you're probably not going to make a deep run if that guy does not come back. But the importance of a backup quarterback is very significant. We saw the Steelers use Trubisky last year after Pickett took over the starting role. Didn't really use Mason Rudolph whatsoever, 
And so the question I pose, not just with the Steelers, but around the NFL now, is there significant value in having a third quarterback on the roster? And if you do have a third quarterback, is Mason Rudolph the type of guy that you want there? And I think it kind of depends on the team and the specific situations. Because in some instances, I think if you're going to keep a third quarterback on the roster, you want it to to kind of be a, a an unknown guy, maybe a younger player who could have that potential upside and hasn't kind of proven what his ceiling is necessarily. And I go back to a year ago, and everyone says, oh, you need three quarterbacks now. Look at what the 49ers did. They were able to get to the NFC Championship game with Brock Purdy, who was their third-string quarterback. But one thing that was pretty significantly different is how the 49ers approached that position as opposed to what the Steelers seemingly are doing here with bringing Mason Rudolph back and likely keeping Mitch Trubisky as well. The 49ers had a plan and plans don't always go according to plan. Heading into last season, they were going to have Trey Lance become their guy and they actually brought in a backup quarterback who's sort of a veteran journeyman guy in Nate Sudfeld and they thought Jimmy G is going to be moving on They drafted Brock Purdy, but they drafted him legitimately with the last pick in the draft with probably the thought that this guy is never going to see a meaningful snap this year, but let's see kind of a lottery ticket if he can develop into something down the road. And obviously he did much sooner than anticipated. With the Steelers, I thought that could have been an option if they wanted to keep a third quarterback. Would they maybe try to find a guy late in the draft or even an undrafted guy? And it looked like for a second they would do that route with Tanner Morgan, the former Minnesota quarterback, obviously I don't think he's going to be in the plans whatsoever at this point. So they go with the familiar guy in Mason Rudolph, and it's simple in the sense that you don't have to teach him anything new. He knows exactly what to expect. He's probably going to know everything that he needs to about the playbook, and he can help who is still a developing quarterback in Kenny Pickett. So Pickett, because he is still just in his second season, he's a youthful guy, still learning the position, even though he showed plenty of signs of progress last year. I think in that instance, because your starter is still learning the ropes, maybe you do want two veterans behind him to help out. I think if you have a a starting quarterback who is in his prime, then maybe you look at, okay, we want a veteran backup, but we can take kind of a, a little bit of a risk on a higher upside guy, a rookie that we don't know a lot about, or maybe just a young quarterback overall, and hope maybe he does develop into something, either potentially a good backup or in the case of someone like Purdy, maybe even a starting quarterback. Does it happen often in the NFL? No, it doesn't. Typically, when you get a guy that's a third string, rarely do they develop into a starter at some point in their career. But it all kind of depends on the situation a team is in. Are they planning to contend right now? And with Mason Rudolph coming back and Mitch Trubisky seemingly sticking around with that extension, again, doesn't necessarily preclude them from moving either guy or cutting uh, Rudolph. But I doubt that with... Both of them now back in the fold and Trubisky potentially in the fold for three more years. It certainly seems like those are going to be the three quarterbacks that will be in the black and gold next year. And maybe they've decided that with Pickett and especially with his injury concerns, missing a couple of games with concussions last year, that they wanted two viable backups who have proven that they can play in the NFL. Although I will say this, there's plenty of teams right now. If you've got an absolute star number one quarterback, You want to get a serviceable, although maybe not overly expensive, backup. And sometimes we see teams just go with two quarterbacks. And if you have an injury, you can always sign a veteran guy who's usually off the scrap heaps, as they say, a guy who's been a free agent 
who's played in the league before. So the Steelers going a different route. They usually keep three quarterbacks. It looks like that will be a case again here in 2023. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, I want to quickly touch on a local baseball team that is having a very special season here in 2023. That's as we continue the fan early morning show. Sean Myers here on 93.7 The Fan. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Sean Myers here on the Fan Early Morning Show. Just a couple more minutes that I have with you here. And I mentioned that there is a local baseball team having a special season. And full disclosure, I am bringing this up in large part because it is a team that I have covered all season long and I am the play-by-play broadcaster for. But I think it deserves mentioning because what Seton Hill is doing at the Division II level right now is pretty special. They are hosting their first ever NCAA regional. It is the Atlantic Regional. They have had some great success over the years making the College World Series twice, but this is the first time that they've been able to host the NCAA Regional Tournament, which is a major accomplishment for them. And it is much deserved with the incredible season that they are having up in Greensburg. 45-10 and 10 after a victory yesterday in lopsided fashion. They won the conference tournament, the PSAC, and for those unaware, that is the NCAA Division II conference that has a lot of the local teams here in western Pennsylvania, the likes of IUP and Slippery Rock and Cal U, uh, up to Erie as well with Mercyhurst and Gannon, Pitt-Johnstown, Clarion. Seton Hill is in that conference, and they have had great, great success this season. And just to quickly put in perspective how good they have been, They play four-game series against their conference opponents. They played seven total opponents, 28 games. They won 26 of those 28 games. They swept six of the seven four-game series they were in. A terrific regular season. They were dominant last week en route to the conference title, winning games by the scores of 12-1, 12-3, 14-4, and 10-0 to cap off their run. And then, as I mentioned yesterday, starting the NCAA tournament, hosting the Atlantic Regional for the first time, they won 14-6 against Shippensburg. And how I know it's a big story, Jerry DePaula was there covering the game and wrote an article about it yesterday. So Seton Hill getting some time in the spotlight, much much deserved for head coach Mark Marizaldi and crew as they try to continue to make a run deep into the NCAA tournament and potentially return to the NCAA College World Series for the second time in three years. That'll do it here for the Fan Early Morning Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Sean Meyer signing off. We'll catch you with the Fan Morning Show upcoming momentarily right here on 93.7 The Fan. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.